Hello, hockey fans. It is Tuesday, May 22nd, 2018, and welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box here at the AHL Report. As always, I am your happy host, uh, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, Amy Johnson, and I'm joined every week by my fabulous co-host, the editor-in-chief and founder of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you today on this? Well, here in Pennsylvania, it's rainy and miserable again, but it's a lovely spring day. (laughs) Uh, Are we on? Um, I'm sorry, I was just playing solitary. Uh, national solitaire day today, so really I was per- partaking in, in the in the many events of National Solitaire Day. Really, I'm so it's glad. It's also National Vanilla Pudding Day, so it's it's. Oh great! I'm so glad pretty, this is uh, your new it's calling. A pretty, day, a pretty low key kind of day, right? I'm so glad this is your new calling. <laughs> Um, yeah, vanilla pudding, that's about what today feels like. Um, it's, uh, it's been an interesting week for the last week. We've got lots of great content today, some things to talk about. We actually do have a rocket report today. There's, uh, of course, been some announcements and rumblings and things that have been going on with the Montreal Canadiens and with the La- uh, Laval Rocket over the last week. So we're going to dive into those topics a bit and just kind of establish where we're at and what things have have been announced and changed in the last week. Uh, We're also going to, of course, touch on the first two games of the Eastern Conference final series between the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and the Toronto Marlies, as the Phantoms and Marlies faced off for two games in Toronto last weekend, two afternoon games, and they're about to head to Pennsylvania for the next three games of the series. But we'll break down what happened in those first two games, where things stand, etc. Uh, it's going to be an interesting series, especially to see how the next two games go. Um, and then from there, of course, we'll um, just briefly touch on how things are going in the Western Conference Final and answer the what the question everyone has been asking, are the Rockford Icehogs ever going to lose a game in the postseason? Well, we have the answer for that for you today. Uh, and as well, a brief update, of course, on on how things went for the IIHF World Championships and some Habs players and prospects that were uh, participating in that tournament and the Memorial Cup has has gotten underway as well. So still lots of hockey to talk about. Lots about you know my but and and I should not forget to mention Rick that believe it or not the draft is right around the corner and we have an exciting announcement about the draft. Uh, my edition of Future Watch. Uh, or actually, I'm sorry, the uh, draft preview of the Hockey News just arrived in my mailbox today. Um, and so it is getting to be draft season. So we've got a lot of a lot of really fun things to cover today. Indeed we do. And uh, especially that announcement that uh, we'll be making a little bit later about the draft. That's right. You won't want to miss that announcement. So let's, let's start with the Laval Rocket uh, and just touch on some things that are new and noteworthy and I I guess I guess it's a bit of a news headline Rick that um the Laval Rocket have have a new head coach um as as was announced last week and some some new titles for some other folks within the organization uh but but the biggest news item that I guess we should touch on first is that uh fresh off of his 
season ending with the Armada. Uh, Joel Bouchard has been named as the new coach, head coach of the Laval Rocket, uh, and has, I believe, immediately begun his new duties. Yeah, as, as part of uh, the Canadians' new strategy in, in taking a populist approach to their decision-making and trying to reconnect with, with fans, uh, they followed along and, and uh, hired Joe Bouchard, which was met with a lot of uh, positive vibes by Canadians' fans. Um, and already talking about Joe Bouchard being ready to step in at a moment's notice as uh, the next GM of of the Montreal Canadiens, uh, and just as as uh, Ducharme is is in waiting uh, when uh, Julian's replaced, which I'm sure comes as uh, interesting news to people like Trevor Timmons and uh, <laughs> um, Kirk Muller, and um, but yeah. that's 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 certainly what's out there now. John Bouchard is is uh, had set the Julian. On the coaching side, um, so that'll be an adjustment for him. It's it's not uh, it's not the same uh, coaching uh, amateur players as it is pro players. Um, he'll know uh, at least one player on the roster, and and uh, and he'll get started. Uh, the 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 related news to that is that uh, uh, not only Sylvain Lefebvre uh, has been um, shown the door, but uh, uh, the assistants as well in Laval, and that's uh, uh, Nick Carrier and Donald Dufresne and uh, Joe Bouchard will be able to pick his own um, assistants that will uh, that will help him uh, come fall time uh, for the Laval Rocket. Absolutely, and we may have we may we may have some announcements about that coming up uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, because I'm sure they'll be looking to get things uh, lined up and and started right away. Um, Just some factual things for those who perhaps are not familiar with Joel Bouchard. He has been uh, at the junior level in Quebec. He's been the Armada's GM in the QMJHL for the last seven seasons. Uh, Also doubled as the head coach, Prior to the 2014-15 season, he coached 244 games for the Armada with a record of 145-99. to Um, Was assistant coach alongside Dominic Ducharme uh, from 2008 to 2011 with the Montreal Junior uh, before they relocated to become the Armada. Um, So Bouchard and Ducharme already have a working relationship as well. and he was also the GM um, for the Canadian National Junior Team uh, in 2017, and I believe 18 as well. Um, so he, he has he has experience. Uh, he also well he has, has experience at the junior level. Um, so as you say, you know this is this is going to be a new scope for him, um, coaching pro hockey players. Um, and not all of them are going to be, you know, the the young rookie level youth players. He's he's now going to be tasked with coaching uh, veterans and guys who have played in the NHL and who are now now playing in the AHL or who are shuttling back and forth between the AHL and the NHL. And so it's going to be a much different environment, much different um, 
much different responsibilities as far as a head coach goes um, and a, a different just a different approach we have we have said you know what's the we've talked a num- a number of times about how uh, Sylvain Lefebvre was was fairly I don't want to use the word handcuffed but the system that's played at the NHL level was the system that was played at the AHL level for, for years, not just this past year in Laval. Um, and it sounds like that's going to continue, <laughs> but uh, as, as we were talking about earlier today, you know, some of the questions that Mr. Bouchard was asked at his pressers last week, you know, about will, will he still be playing Claude Julian's system and, and, you know what about developing and things like that he's he seems to be using the word winning an awful lot that's a common common part of his vocabulary is that he you know when when there's a scoreboard he wants to be winning um and and that's not that's not what we've heard out of out of the Canadians front office about the farm team very often in recent years uh, more focus on development so this is going to be an interesting adjustment to see Rick, how this all kind of flushes itself out as the summer continues. I suspect we're seeing a, a real change in the, the philosophy of the Montreal Canadiens. I mentioned a populist approach. It's it's abandoning hockey sense. It's abandoning merit. Uh, it's kind of turning over the team to um, the fans and and or, or you know who have no particular expertise or insight. Uh, they're just very good at being loud. Um, and in order to, to reconnect with that group, and whether, whether the Canadians, um, you know, take a long-term approach and, and build for the future and go for the... I, I think they've thrown that out the window. I think they're saying, you know, we're at, this, this past year, Jeff Molson is saying, this was, this was a pretty dark time, and uh, we, need to, we need to make the fans happy, and whatever that takes, whether it's... Uh, improving the fan experience or, or making all the popular decisions that are talked about on, on the talk radio, the sports talk radio that he listens to so much. I think that's the direction that going into. And, um, and that would, it would make sense then that, that the long-term slow development approach is abandoned for wins. Um, and, you know, people say, why can't you have both? Well, um, you, you look at, at, uh, last season of goaltending. Uh, it would have been easy to bring somebody in um, and, uh, uh, and Charlie Lindgren and pair those two and, and put McNiven and Fukali down in the, the ECHL and focus on wins, but they didn't. They gave, you know, even when it was tough, they gave um, uh, starts to, to Michael McNiven for his long-term growth, and that was pretty positive. He had a tough time, but, but he learned a lot, as, we, as uh, he said when we spoke to him. Uh, as Charlie Lindgren did, uh, playing a lot of games. Um, so that seems to be, you know, um, a little by the wayside. We, we had another announcement today with, with uh, Antti Niemi, which is very curious. Um, mm. on, the, on the outset, Antti Niemi being given a, a mm-hmm. one-year contract. But when you think about, um, well, uh, what was the good the, the good news story last year, it was the Antoniami. So the Canadians are going to want to capitalize on that, want to, want to extract all the, the, um, you know, the, the, the 
positive fan vibes around Miami out of it, and so the signing has been met with with uh, lots of, of uh, fan praise, and it also allows Charlie Lindgren to uh, play a lot of games in the AHL. Uh, that's you know, if he doesn't beat out Miami in camp, but but uh, he plays a lot of games at the AHL level, which gives a much better chance for Laval to win um, and. Uh, um, you know, do something that they, they haven't done. You, you remember uh, Stefan LeBeau, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, he was criticized uh, by, uh, by, the Cana- by the Canadians and by Sylvain Lefay for worrying about winning too much and, and putting, he should put more emphasis into development. Uh, yeah. It seems that, that, that that's turned around and uh, the Canadians are, are going the other way um, in, in a way to, to move back the fans. And as I, I, I vocalized my opinions on this a little bit um, on Twitter earlier today, and, and what I said was, yes, I absolutely I want to see both the NHL club and the AHL club winning every night. Every, no, no one doesn't want to see them winning. However, I don't want to see them winning at the cost of player development being short-sighted, looking for short-term gains and short-term rewards um, just so that you can create a winning environment. Well, at, the, at, at some point, if you're not concentrating on developing your core players and developing your young prospects, then eventually your well is going to dry up, and then what do you do? Um, so I certainly have no, I have no problem whatsoever with a, with a team wanting to get back to winning, especially when you have an AHL team that was last in the league this, this season. Yes, obviously a, a focus on winning needs to happen, but how you go about the winning is a big decision. And as you say, it, it seems like it's possible that, that the long-term slow growth development method is, is, not going to be focused on as much and I just certainly hope you know I anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I have not always been uh, very uh, vocally positive about how I feel young prospects and players uh, have have been handled by this organization certainly over the last four or five years three or four years Um, and I just certainly I I just hope that that trend isn't going to continue um, you know, the, these guys work hard, and and if you give, if you put them in a position to succeed and win, they'll find a way to win for you. Um, it, it it will be interesting. Another thing, Rick, I have to say is also interesting is, as you mentioned, um, Nick Carrier, Donna Dufresne uh, won't be coming back. Um, Larry Carrier has now been given a new role as well. Uh, Mark Bergevin announced on the day that they announced Bouchard as the new head coach that they also would not be uh, naming a new GM for the Laval Rocket, that instead Larry Carrier will now act as the director of player personnel for the Rocket and remain as a senior advisor in hockey operations for the Canadians. Um, Now, Bergevin had oh, we did our due diligence and, and there's only three teams in the AHL that have a dedicated GM and, and so we feel that, you know, it's just it's a lot of paperwork and, and we just feel that instead of naming one, we'll just have Larry 
uh, you know, concentrate on on player personnel at the AHL and, and ECHL level. And and I don't know. I find it a bit curious. Um, I thought Larry Carrier did an outstanding job as GM last year. I, I don't see anything wrong with his performance as GM. So just just interesting to see if this is going to be a continued thing or if he'll eventually assign someone as a GM. I don't know. Well, it, it certainly opens the door. Um, you know, be, before Joel, Joel Bouchard was was uh, uh, announced, there was lots of speculation that, that he would also be given the, the GM keys to Laval. And, and uh, of course, that would have been a, a bridge too far, given again mm-hmm. that he has no pro experience. Um, but if, if, if it's true that the, the Canadians are looking at Bouchard um, as their heir apparent to Bergevin's job. Um, <laughs> and even, uh, I thought it was odd that Bergevin said something to that effect. And I guess yeah. Bergevin is, is, uh, sees himself as moving into the, the president of hockey ops kind of position and then, and then, uh, moving into Sharp. But, but, uh, he's going to need experience to do that. Um, Bouchard is that, that is, um, he's going to need some experience. So, uh, what about clearing the decks, uh, moving out your your GM or 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 refocusing him, repurposing him, um, and so that not now, but but uh, involve him in the the personnel decisions over the year, and um, then perhaps uh, next year uh, give him uh, add that duty to his his portfolio as well. Um, seems to to make some sense. The, the whole thing is is. Is rather odd because uh, Bergevin, there's so much control over the moves in Laval um, and the, the decisions in Laval uh, that it's kind of status quo. And if anything, it's a move back to um, the the organizational uh, structure that was um, in place a year ago. And and you know, at that time, we heard from everybody all the. Uh, the media were saying, mainstream media were saying, all um, oh, the the St. John's Ice Caps are a failure because they don't have a GM, and uh, that was that was just nonsense. Of course, Vincent yeah. was in there, and very active, um, and but but didn't have that role. So now Larry Larry Carrier has gone back to uh, that kind of Vincent Riondo kind of uh, role, and um, and they've. They've cut out the, the GM position. Um, I, again, I, these moves are, as you said, uh, these are these are about short-term gains, uh, the instant gratification, and maybe that appeals to to millennials. Uh, but for me, the this this if if you're still sitting there thinking, what are these guys talking about? If you're still trying to figure out what this all means. Imagine approach to uh, uh, an organization that is exactly the opposite of the philosophy uh, that built the Winnipeg Jets. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if you just think absolutely the opposite, then that is the Montreal Canadiens right now. And that is Bullet Rocket right now. Because um, the, the, the Winnipeg Jets were slow, methodical, uh, you know, uh, long-term vision. Um, that's exactly the opposite of what the Canadians are doing. And Chavaldeoff has has 
has beat that drum consistently for a long time that that was the way they were going to do it. And look at the run both Manitoba and Winnipeg had this year in the postseason and, frankly, all season long. Um, it's working in Winnipeg. Uh, it, ha- it certainly didn't work in Laval uh, or Montreal this year. Uh, we'll see. We'll 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 see what happens this coming year. I'm not trying to bring all the doom and gloom. Uh, you know, always always excited to see what a new season will bring. Just uh, cautiously, um, just a little apprehensive about about how things will play out um, and just what what approach is going to be made and, and, and what the benefits of that, that approach will be. Um, moving over, however, to hockey that's still going on. Um, and I guess I, I should first say it would, it would be, I have to do my due diligence listeners. I have to do my due diligence and uh, join me in extending our condolences to Mr. Rick Stevens uh, as his Winnipeg Jets um, unfortunately played their last game the other night. Uh, I thought they had, I really thought they were going to, um, take things to Las Vegas a bit more than that. So I'm very sorry, Rick, that, uh, to see your jets go. Um, hopefully they will go even further next year, but I would imagine you're not rooting. For- sorry. I'm not really Is that I, I can't imagine that you'll be uh, cheering for the Vegas Knights in the final. <laughs> well, listen, I'm I'm really happy for I'm really happy for Gerard Gallant. I'm really happy for Vaughn Carpenter, both ex-Canadians who um, are have done an amazing job with putting together the roster and motivating the roster and, and getting them to play well. Um, I, th- this is just. Uh, my, my disappointment is is more is not in the, in the Jets at all. It's it's no. more so in the NHL. The NHL got the result they wanted. NBC Sports got the result they wanted. Um, I, I don't like the the kind of hockey that is being rewarded with a win. Um, you know the Jets are 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 fast and big and hard and they punish and um, lots of offense, great defense, second overall in the league. And a team that 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 uh, was able to to uh, employ a lot of obstruction with impunity uh, was able to disrupt that. And I don't think that's good for the NHL. Um, and but you know again maybe short term because because you get a you get a great story out of this year, but mm-hmm. uh, short term I, I I don't I don't like it for the for the type of hockey that. Uh, uh, should be, should be being, it should be getting success um, and and be your Stanley Cup champion. Well, we certainly uh, we certainly wish wish the Jets well. Uh, they did play. They had a tremendous run in the postseason. Uh, sorry to see them exit in the conference finals. Uh, but the conference finals are still going on uh, at the AHL level as well. And, of course, the Phantoms and Marlies kicked off that series for the Eastern Conference Finals uh, this past weekend with two afternoon, late afternoon games uh, at Rico Coliseum. Uh, Rick, Toronto is, we knew, we, we knew, everyone knew that whoever Toronto would meet in the, at whatever stage in the playoffs, it was going to be a tough battle. Toronto was the top team in the AHL this year. 
uh, with top goaltender in the AHL this year. Um, and so it's never going to be an easy road against the tough Toronto team. Um, so despite the fact that Toronto is, is now leading the series uh, two to nothing, um, I was pleasantly surprised uh, to see that, frankly, Lehigh Valley gave them a fight both times. Both of these games were lost uh, by one goal. Uh, the second game went to overtime, which, of course, we all... <laughs> with bated breath as soon as we went to overtime, groaned inwardly because the last time the Phantoms uh, took a game to overtime in the playoffs, it was a six-hour affair. So uh, thankfully, this was only one overtime uh, that, the, that the Marlies did end up winning. Um, so it was close, but a lot of the same mistakes are, are still happening. Um, and now Lehigh Valley finds themselves in a position where, yes, they come home for three games, uh, home ice, a loud uh, PPL center crowd, but now they are in must-win hockey. Um, they really needed to, to split, the, at a minimum, split the series into Toronto. Uh, they walk away with no wins in Toronto, and now now they've got to, to come out. Tomorrow night is their first game, uh, game three. They have to come out and win this game and win it decisively, I would think. It, it's interesting because uh, the whole playoffs, uh, we've been saying – about the Phantoms. We've been saying, how are they doing this? Um, and, and again, uh, the, as you said, the games were close. They're one-goal games, uh, both, both game one and game two. Um, and, and I have to ask, how was it that close? Because at times, it looked like the, the Marlies were dominating. There was periods of each game where, where the Marlies were dominating. And um, you, you, as you look at the Marlies, they're they're at they're a team that that creates a lot of chances and, and they have a lot of talent and they spread their scoring uh, throughout the the lineup. Um, but a, a lot of times they just don't bear down and finish their chances. And when they do, they score. Uh, but it seems that that um, they they were they were kind of waiting to be in that position where they had to score, and, and they did uh, in both games. Um, but again, you know, um, I, I, you know, the uh, for me the 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 phantoms aren't generating a whole lot five on five on five. Uh, no. They, they capitalized uh, particularly in game one. They capitalized uh, on the power play, um, and they're going to have to at home be much better five on five um, in order to. To, to, to turn this series uh, in their favor. Um, they'll still need, you know, their, their success on, on, on the power play, but uh, they're going to have to be much better five on five. And they have to stay out of the penalty box. Um, particularly in game one in this series, way too many penalties again, um, and, and it did burn them. The power play did improve. They need to keep doing that. Um they need to contain Miro Altonen, I'll tell you that. Uh, Altonen scored twice uh, in, in, the, in game one, and he scored the OT winner uh, in game two. Uh, so he seems to have Lehigh Valley's ticket, and, and they need to find a way to, to contain him um, so that he's not quite as lethal. Um, goal score, one good thing, there, there were... In, in the five goals that they scored within the first two games, uh, five different goal scorers, and some of them 
uh, not guys that you see score all the time. Uh, Philippe Myers, Tyrell Goldburn, uh, Chris Connor had his fifth of the, of the postseason, but also then Mark Friedman and Mikhail Vorobiev, who had his first goal of the of the playoffs as well. So, not even your typical uh, typical guys who who are normally lighting the lamp, which is a good indication. But you need those guys contributing as well. Um, they did get three big pieces back to start this series. Nick Albe Kubel obviously came back from his three game suspension, so he was back in the lineup. Uh, Travis Sanheim back from his injury from the Providence series. Uh, he was back in the lineup. And um, so that was, that was a big positive and uh, Phil Veroni uh, back in the lineup as well. So good to have those guys back. The bad news is uh, Sam Moran done for the season. Uh, as we had mentioned in that overtime, that five overtime game against Charlotte, uh, Moran had gone down with with an injury within the first 10 minutes or so of the game had to be helped off the ice. Couldn't put any weight on his right leg. Turns out he needed season ending, uh, I believe knee surgery, which he had last week. And so he is, he is done for the season. Uh, So they won't have that important piece uh, of the puzzle back in the lineup again, but with those other three coming back in, it it does uh, kind of help balance things out. But um, you know, Rick, it's another big factor is Garrett Sparks. And Garrett Sparks has played like Garrett Sparks has played all season long. And so a big key, I think, as well going forward is figuring out how to solve Sparks early so that they can get it in their heads within the first period. Yeah, we can beat this guy. He's, he's not going to stop everything we shoot at him. Well, and, and that uh, goaltending in general, uh, certainly for uh, the Phantoms, has carried them. Uh, yes. In, in to the to, to the point they're they're at. Alex Lyon has been uh, absolutely lights out. Um, some cracks started to show. Um, mm-hmm. There was a goal or two that uh, that he might have liked back in the in the first two games, and uh, and then looking down the ice, as you say, uh, the kind of goaltending that the that the Phantoms uh, have been getting so far in the playoffs. Uh, the the Marlies are getting from Garrett Sparks. He he uh, he's been great in class and, he, and great during the season, and he's been great in this series as well. Absolutely. Another interesting uh, part of this for the Phantoms, as far as their roster goes, is two guys that likely won't see ice time during the playoffs, but they have added Carter Hart and Morgan Frost to uh, to the roster in Lehigh Valley. These are two prospects that are hot ticket items, basically. Um, and so they were both on the ice for practice today. Um, Carter Hart spent a little bit of extra time after practice uh, with the goaltending coach. And so very important for them to start getting some some looks at what it's going to take when they go pro next year um, and and – and just getting to be around this environment, uh, this kind of atmosphere, this kind of excitement, this kind of pressure, um, and kind of watching and observing, but also getting to take part in practices will be will will be very beneficial, I think, for them um, as they then train over the summer and, and heading into the fall um, next year. So really, really interesting and really good for them to see that uh, that they've added Carter Hart and Morgan Frost both to the roster a, a smart move it, it gets them in, it, it gets 
them some exposure to uh, what they are to expect. Um, and uh, and as you said, it's unlikely that they'll see the ice. Although, you know, when you think back to uh, the ice caps last year, um, they added Noah Jilson right out of junior and and That's uh, true. tossed him in to see what he could do. Now I don't I don't see Carter Hart coming in, but uh, maybe if the if the Phantoms are in a desperation situation, uh, much like the Jets were, where they they brought in three players for uh, for their final game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see if if, if they add a Morgan Frost. Um, unlikely, but um, uh, I guess how he fits in uh, and how he um, reacts to the, the kind of pressure that is the, uh, the the conference finals. So looking ahead, uh, as we mentioned, Toronto is now leading the series two to nothing. Games three, four, and five, if necessary, uh, which the Phantoms are hoping. Are, is going to be necessary. All take place at the PPL Center in Allentown beginning tomorrow night, Wednesday night, uh, May 23rd. It is Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. If then game six and or seven are needed, those will be played in Toronto Monday and Tuesday of next week. Uh, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun week for sure. Uh, the AHL report team and myself and uh, Rick will be in Lehigh Valley for all three games this week. Again, we're keeping we're we're saying all three games because we're we're believing that the Phantoms are going to pull out at least a win here. Uh, so uh, be sure to follow along with us at the AHL Report, um, and we'll have live game updates, of course, uh, photography on our Instagram page, and we'll have uh, some audio from some interviews with players and coaches after each of those games this week, uh, coming to you live from Allentown in the Lehigh Valley. So be sure to follow along there. And Rick, the Western, okay, I've been saying, I feel like every week I have said, when is Rockford going to lose a game? Well, they lost a couple of games. They're not happy with you right now. I know they're not. I've heard not my fault. some Rockford players, and, and they say that. Really? Yeah. Amy, she's been wishing for us to lose. I haven't wished anything. I've just been saying, <laughs> is, is there a team in this conference that can hand the Rockford Icehogs a loss in the playoffs, and it took uh, it took getting to Texas to do it. The Texas Stars and and Mike backstopped by by a very strong performance by Mike McKenna in the crease um, has handed has handed Rockford a couple of losses. Pretty simple formula. It's it's been the Texas power play. Uh, they have three power play goals in two games, and Mike McKenna, who's who is the only goaltender better than Alex Line in the uh, playoffs so far? That would be Mike McKenna. And, mm. uh, he's, he's been he's been tremendous, um, um, and uh, you know a one six nine goals against, uh, way up there with a nine four nine save percentage, um, and nine when Sanders belt in the playoffs. He's been he's been tremendous, um, and has uh, helped Texas to. Uh, along with their power play, to the uh, first two games of the season uh, of the uh, of this round. Of this round, yeah. Of this round. Well, we'll see if uh, if Rockford. I would imagine they're going to push back at some point. They're going to push back. I would. I, I still think that series is going to go pretty deep. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But interesting, both both um, both conference 
final series uh, are a bit one-sided to, to start things off, and we'll see if uh, if the other teams can can extend things a bit longer. Um, speaking of extending, the Memorial Cup is underway. There's been some uh, there's been some good hockey, and there's more Absolutely. coming. Yeah, there's more coming tonight. Uh, yesterday was a bit of a of a goal scoring barn burner <laughs> between Regina and Acadie Bathurst um, with, with Bathurst winning 8-6 to six, uh, over the Pats so a bit of a goal scorers uh, menagerie, I'm sorry, not yesterday, Sunday um, but it looks like the Bulldogs uh, beat Swift Current yesterday and so it'll be Acadie Bathurst against the Hamilton Bulldogs tonight and Bathurst is uh, the only unbeaten team, um, as you said, on mm-hmm. Sunday. They, they got out to a, a, a pretty early um, lead, uh, three goals in a very short period of time, and, and uh, looked to be comfortable. Uh, credit to the uh, Regina Pats, who stormed back and made it a game. And, uh, and as you said, an 8-6 final there. Um, yeah. So... Uh, um, Regina is is one and one. Hamilton one and one, and uh, Bathurst with uh, a two and zero record so far. Well, and it's funny because Bathurst sort of did the same thing to Swift Current on Saturday. Swift Current was up one to nothing, and then suddenly Bathurst came in and scored three very quick goals, um, and and just kind of blew that game wide open. Um, so they seem to have that seems to be a common theme for them. Yeah, Swift Current, the only team with, without a win so far, and they played tomorrow against uh, Regina. Hopefully. Against Regina, yeah. So keeping an eye on that, and, and for, for Habs fans, of course, that means Will Bitten and the Hamilton Bulldogs, who are 1-1 one one, uh, in the tournament so far, are they are on tap to play Bathurst tonight. Um, so we'll be wanting to keep an eye on that game and see how things go there. Um, and... Also keeping up with uh, players in the Habs organization, big uh, stick tap and congratulations to uh, Jacob De La Rose and Team Sweden on their gold medal win at the IIHF World Championship. Uh, if you take a look at any of De La Rose's uh, social media accounts, he is he is rightfully so quite excited about the gold medal win uh, and had some some great great photos uh, right after the win on the ice. Um, and so congratulations to, to him and Team Sweden. Back-to-back gold medal champs, uh, but always always great to see uh, members of the Canadians organization finding success in international play and former Canadians players. Sven Andragetto uh, also playing against him uh, in, that, uh, in that gold medal game and, and goes home with a silver medal as well. So good for both and of them. Charlie Lindgren, uh, and Charlie Lindgren. And Charlie Lindgren. With a bronze. With a bronze medal. Yes, yes, he did. So, got all three medals represented there uh, within within Habs and former Habs, and so always great to see that. I think those are. I think that's all of the hockey that's being played right now. I feel like I feel like everywhere we turn, there's a there's a different tournament or something going on. But I I think that's I think that's the hockey update as of right now. 
But that means as these things start to wind down, Rick, we're looking ahead now to just about a month from now, uh, NHL GMs and prospects and scouts and so forth are going to gather in Dallas, Texas uh, for the 2018 NHL entry draft. And always excited to announce this every year. Really, really excited uh, when we get to talk about this event. Um, for those of us, for those of you who, who are a little newer to our Rocket Sports Media family, or if you've been with us for the last 10 years, uh, you'll know that uh, every year we have a partnership with the NHL where they provide Rocket Sports Media with a limited number of reserved lower bowl seats to the NHL draft for us to bring a group of passionate hockey fans, no matter what team is your team. You do not have to be a Habs fan. You can be a Flyers fan, a Blackhawks fan, a Devils fan, a Canucks fan. It doesn't matter what you just need to be a hockey fan. Um, and we are able to bring a, a group of passionate hockey fans to the NHL draft and sit right down there in the lower bowl in amongst the prospects and their families. And you get to, to watch the draft unfold all around you. It's an experience unlike any other uh, and if you're a hockey fan, it should be on your hockey bucket list uh, to attend the NHL draft. And so, Rick, we are we're pleased to announce that we're able to offer this contest yet again this year. This will be um, our fifth consecutive year, but we did it also in Montreal back in 2009. Uh, so it's it's really building into something fun and exciting. People look forward to being able to enter and, and possibly go every year. And so the contest is underway, correct? Yes, it is. And the draft is is uh, one of the best uh, events on the hockey calendar, on the NHL calendar. Uh, you know, there's all the prospects there. There's uh, everybody in hockey, uh, general manager, coaches, all the, the, the scouts. Um, so it's, it's already a, a great event. But then uh, the Rocket Sports uh, Part of that is a very unique opportunity, as you as you've uh, uh, explained. Uh, just puts fans in in right amongst uh, right amongst the families, right amongst the the draftees, um, and an opportunity to to uh, rub shoulders with with some of the um, well the, the 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 decision makers in hockey. Um, so it's it's it's. Uh, it's a really unique opportunity if you can take advantage of it. As you said, it's, it's for uh, fans of all NHL teams and, and uh, was reminded of that just a few weeks back when um, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan uh, tweeted me and said, hey, thanks again for um, you know, putting me right there uh, near the stage uh, so I could see Austin Matthews be, uh, be drafted. Best best moment in my hockey life uh, and so uh, that's the kinds of things that that uh, and and you're 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 having a, a chance to to meet um, people from all over North America who um, who come to the draft um, and to who want to talk hockey and want to talk prospects uh, so it's 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 a great event uh, enter the contest and um, and we hope to see you uh, in Dallas with us with the Rocket Sports event at the uh, 2018 NHL Entry Draft. Absolutely. And by, and by entering, you know, if you, if you are one of the lucky winners and get to come along with us, 
Um, you know, you'll also get, be able to have the opportunity to meet uh, some of the Rocket Sports Media team members whom you follow and interact with each and every day. Um, and that's always fun and exciting. Um, and you never know who, as you say, you know, as you said, Rick, everyone in hockey is present. But you know, last year we were uh, we were privileged enough to have seats that were literally in the first row, right on the draft floor, basically. Uh, and so GMs and, and coaches and, and whatnot are walking by constantly. Um, and Mark Bergevin even happened to walk by and saw our group sitting there with a load of, of Habs jerseys on and, and made sure to stop to say hello uh, to our group as well. So you, you really get up close and personal uh, with with your your teams and and the people who represent them and the future of your of your teams especially you know for for canadians fans who might be listening uh the canadians have the number three overall pick this year so that's take it from as a flyers fan last year with them having the number two overall pick that was exceptionally exciting to be able to watch the flyers select nolan patrick live and he was sitting about i don't know 10 to 12 rows right behind us. So he came down and put his new Flyers jersey on right in front of me. Um, and that was, as the fan in me, was very excited for that. And, and Canadians fans are going to get a similar experience this year when, when Montreal decides who that number three overall pick is going to be. Um, so we've got all of the, the rules for entry and, and what you win and what's included and things of that nature on the website at allhabs.net. So go there. Uh, read read the rules for entry and then enter often early and often as they say uh, <laughs> we'll be we'll be making our first round of selections uh, in probably another uh, day or so here uh, and making some announcements so make sure you get your get your entry in we would love to see you in Dallas it's always a great time um, and yeah we'd love we'd love to have you there um, so I guess that's yeah I guess that covers it for today I just feel like so much, every week, you know, people keep calling this the quote-unquote off-season, but I feel like every week we have so many, <laughs> we have so many things to cover that are going on in hockey um, that it's it's thankfully not feeling too off-season-y quite yet. So uh, we will be back here, of course, next week with another episode of From the Press Box, uh, and and that will be fresh off of likely the end of the of the conference finals uh, for the AHL. So we'll know if it's the Phantoms or the Marlies uh, or the Texas Stars or the Rockford Ice Hogs moving on, moving on to the Calder Cup final. Um, and it's uh, sure to be sure to be exciting to say the least. Um, Rick, thanks so much for being here again today. Great show. Uh, we'll see you at the PPL Center and uh, for uh, coverage of uh, the Eastern Conference final uh, with the, uh, the Phantoms and the Marlies. And, uh, Absolutely. Uh, as you said, that's tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, be sure to, to uh, check out AHL.report and, and, uh, and the Twitter feed as well. And you, heartfelt, we, we all wish you um, to enjoy a lot of vanilla pudding while you're playing solitaire today. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you back here for another episode of From the Press Box next Tuesday. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one.